Welcome to the Jane Bond Show, from execution to excellence, and I am your host, Jane Bond, the serial entrepreneur who will be sharing with you valuable life lessons and interviewing influencers from around the country who have broken through to success, along with giving you advice on navigating through the game. Our holiday topic is Eat, Drink, and Be Merry. Our special guest today shares with us his story of being fearless at age 15 by taking the train from Milwaukee into Chicago to work for free at the world-famous Spiaggia restaurant as a line cook to hone his skills. With the challenges of an ailing father, he ultimately had to return and stay put in Milwaukee. Later on, through all the hard work, tears, and heartbreak, he found himself in Naples, Florida, as a chef at well-known Campiello restaurant. After several years of being a chef, then working his way up to head chef, he was able to open up his own restaurant. Without any further ado and plenty of holiday cheer, I'd like to introduce you to my special guest, Mr. Vincenzo Betulia. Hey, Vincenzo, how are you? I'm good, Jane, how are you? I'm great, I'm great. I know a lot of people call you Vinny also, but I think Vincenzo <laughs> is the potter. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> right? So, Vinny, you know, you have become one of Naples, you know, finest chefs and restaurateurs here. Why don't you give our audience a little bit about your backstory? And I know you're one, one thing I do know, that you're the real deal. You were born in Sicily, but you grew up in yeah. Milwaukee. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> so just give us some backstory because that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So and my parents, so they immigrated from Sicily uh, when I was two years old, and they ended up going to in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, of all places in the United States. They had to pick Milwaukee, not because it's a, a bad town. You know, they, uh, they immigrated in, in the mid-'70s, and in the Midwest uh, back then, uh, there was a lot of blue-collar work. So my father uh, worked in a foundry that made parts for like a John Deere and for the car uh, Excalibur at the time. We don't see those on the road anymore. But, no, we don't. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. And my mother was uh, in the same industry. She actually um, had a little bit more uh, smarts on the English. And so she worked for a metal uh, foundry. Um, on the south side of Milwaukee that used to make big parts uh, for like uh, uh, sail uh, motors and things like that, uh, big turbine engines. And so, you know, we ended up uh, in Milwaukee and there was a big, uh, Milwaukee in the mid-70s became a melting pot for a lot of Eastern Europe. So there was a lot of German, there's a lot of Polish people. And then for some strange reason, there was a lot of Sicilian people that, that ended up um, going to Milwaukee. And so they own, uh, technically, the, the whole, like, east side of Milwaukee. You know, they do uh, all the, the, uh, the wine, uh, wine uh, deliveries and wine companies. They got a bunch of uh, produce companies, cheese companies. You know, these are things that were important to them in, 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 in Italy. And so when they came to America, that's what they knew. And so that's, uh, you know, when I was uh, young, 
my mother and father, we would go down to the east side and go buy, you know, our bread at the bakery, and we'd go buy uh, the produce at the markets, you know, because my mom and dad knew these people, and we would go in and just pick, you know. Uh, so it's not like we were going to, uh, like, a grocery store. And so at a young age, mind you, I didn't realize that at the time, but I was already being uh, kind of subjected to food. And so then, you know, obviously being an Italian family, we never go out to eat. So my grandmother right. loves her. Yeah, 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 we don't ever go out to eat. So because my father always said, why would I go out to eat? Because I have a better meal at home. So when my, when my family immigrated from Sicily, my grandmother came along as well because she lost her husband in Italy before we moved. And, you know, they were looking for a better life. Her sister was already in Wisconsin as a seamstress for a company called Gimbel's. And, uh, and, uh, and that's kind of where it all started. So they immigrated, and that's where I grew up, you know. And wow. So we never, we never really went out to dinner. I mean, my grandmother was making everything. We used, to, we used to have, like, plots of land out on the north side of, uh, of the city, and we would grow tomatoes out there, and we would grow zucchini. We would grow all kinds of stuff, asparagus. And then, like, every Friday and Saturday, my father and I would get in his old Buick. He had a 1978 brown Buick, and we would go out there and go get uh, all the fruit, uh, the, the vegetables and the fruits, and we would just bring them back. And so, you know, my grandmother would can for the wintertime, like over the summer and especially into the fall. So that's, we would have all kinds of things, canned artichokes, tomatoes. We would make our own tomato paste. I mean, we would do all kinds of stuff. The eggplant caponata that we serve at the Tulia right now, that one's in cans as well, in the basement, you know, to get us through the wintertime. So at a young wow. age, you don't realize what you're, what you're witnessing and what you're experiencing. And it kind of came full circle, you know, when, uh, when I started getting into restaurant business. That's amazing because, um, like you said, you, you don't realize that a foundation was pretty much being laid for laid down for you and you had a path that you possibly was was going to follow but wasn't you know 100% sure you just knew that something was unfolding in front of your eyes yeah i you know obviously you know i wanted to go outside and play soccer with my friends you know and 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 go uh you know go you know, run around on my bike or whatever but you know my mom and dad especially on the weekend because they were foundry workers you know so during the week, they were working. And so on the weekends, they'd always, like, get me and my sister to come in the basement and say, here, we're going to cook the tomatoes, then we're going to take the tomatoes out, we're going to shock them in water, and then we're going to put them in, in this grinder, this tomato grinder, and you're going to start grinding. And I'm like, ma, I want to go outside. I want to go play with my friends. And she's like, well, <laughs> we have to eat over the wintertime. So, you know, because it's, it, it's just an old world mentality, Jane, that a lot of people, we, you know, maybe we take it for granted here because, you know, we go to the store, and uh, obviously America is the land of abundance. And, uh, you know, but in, in Europe, uh, you know, especially like Italy and France and Spain. Yes, of course. You know, uh, the Grecian Islands, I mean, they, they shop on the daily. They go and get their, their you know, they support their local, uh, you know, butcher. They support their local baker. And it's and, you know, fresh they, also. they buy for the day. Right, exactly. Yeah. So there's no preservatives. There's nothing. It's just, exactly. Perfect, I lived in Venice you know? for a little bit, you know, I lived in Venice yeah. for a little bit, and I, you know, witnessed that and also did, you know, act on it with certain friends of mine that own restaurants there. So I know exactly yeah. what you mean. They definitely support 
you know, the people that are there, the butchers, the, you know, the people that sell the vegetables, they go out and fish every morning for their meals at night. And here it right. is, I came from New York talking about, let me fry you some chicken. <laughs> and they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that was my yeah. foundation, you know, because being from, you know, African-American family and having Southern roots, I understand exactly what you're saying because my grandmother and my great-grandmother, when I was growing up, I watched them do several things like you were speaking about. Yeah. So cooking wasn't your first love, even though you were exposed to it. What was your first love? Well, it just depends on how far far back you want to go. I, I remember being a kid and, you know, my, my, my parents had already asked me, so what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, oh, I want to be a professional footballer or I want to be a race car driver. You know, <laughs> it was, you know obviously as a kid, that's what you want to do. But I will say that uh, the, the cooking aspect or the, the, uh, the restaurant industry uh, took me by storm at, at a quite a young age. So I started okay. when I was 14, and uh, my first job actually uh, was being a busboy. And so my, my dad had a friend of his, he was an Italian gentleman that owned a German restaurant. So kind of a strange mix, but I would go in there on my weekends, I'd be you know, throwing the paper with my cousins. You know, my, my family pushed me to work, pushed me to work, like at such a young age, it was ridiculous, because they always said, look, you know, we're not from this country. God forbid something happens to us. Who's going to take care of you? These are things that you need to think about, you know, and, and they, they have that old world mentality of, you know, you, you stay true to your employer, you make your money, you put it under the mattress, and you leave it there. You know, right. you don't spend anything. So I was working a lot, and so I got this job of being a business boy, and uh, I was noticing that, you know, dealing with the, the general public you know, right away, young age, you know, here I am running around, you know, I'm, I'm running circles around all the employees, I'm filling up water and bussing tables and cleaning and, you know, picking up after people, going into the restrooms, kind of wiping them down. But, uh, you know, I, I just thought to myself, like, man, I don't know if I really want to do this, you know, being in the public eye and, you know, having people tell me, hey, you know, can you get me this or, oh, can you get me that? And I'm like, okay, you know, I enjoy myself, though, I will say that. But uh, then I got, uh, I got offered a job to go into the kitchen at a different restaurant, another friend of my father's. This was an Italian, like, mom-and-pop joint on the east side of Milwaukee. And, uh, and, and so I jumped on it, you know. So he said I was going to do salads, and he put me in the dish pit. And so I started washing dishes, and then, you know, when there weren't any dishes, I'd start making the salads. And, and it was there that I was like, okay, I kind of like this. You know, it's kind of fun. It's a cool work environment. The music's blaring. Back then, we were looking at, like, Van Halen. <laughs> right. Back then, the, the chefs used to smoke cigarettes on the line. I mean, you know, sexual harassment was a thing. It was, nobody cared. You know, it was, it was really, really crazy. Um, and, and um, you know, so that's, that was the stuff that, you know, you kind of read in books, and you think, wow, did that really happen? But it did. Um, right. And, and then, and then from there, it just kind of blossomed. I, I went to San Francisco cause I have, uh, relatives that, uh, my, my, my father doesn't have any family in the United States. My mother has her sisters and one brother. So she's got five sisters and one brother who live in, in Wisconsin with them. And then my fam, my father's side, they all, they came to America and they left. Most of them left cause they didn't like it. And so he only has three cousins that live in the United States, and they're in San Francisco. And they, they're also in the restaurant business and the bar business. 
And so my godmother lives out there. And so every summer I would spend two and a half months in San Francisco. And that's a great town. You know, it's very European oh, yeah. feel. And there's such a big Italian uh, uh, contingency in North Beach, San Francisco. So I thought to myself, wow, this is great. Like, I love this town. You know, I grew up in, in the Midwest where it's all farms and, you know, kind of quiet. And in San Francisco, right. you've got energy and you smell coffee roasting and bread baking. And so I fell in love with that town and my cousin owned the bar. And so I would be in there, like, you know, pouring uh, Ankerstein beer on a tap and slicing mortadella in the back for the guys playing poker, you know, in the back room. So I kind of felt like Spider and Goodfellas, you know? Like I yeah, was a real little, Italian. Guy, <laughs> little Italian guy, like, Spider, go get me something to eat, you know? Right. And so that's, that was kind of the, the, uh, the, the, that, that super young, you know, 12 and 13 years old, is I'm getting this, again, I didn't realize it um, this whole time. I, was, I just love to work. I love being around adults. I love kind of seeing, you know, the, you know, they're smoking cigars and, you know, I'm going down in the basement and grabbing kegs of beer at 12 and 13, you know, having a hard time lugging them up the stairs, these little, the smaller kegs. And, uh, you know, this was all the stuff that I was witnessing before I even knew. And then I got back from San Francisco one year and I got this job with a chef called Paul Bartolotta. And Paul is a two-time James Beard. Yeah, yeah, he's my mentor. So he was the one that, you know, through my eyes, obviously the restaurant business was blurry until I got to meet him. And I started working with him, and then it all came into focus. Oh, that's when you got clarity and you started aspiring to move forward. It was a moment of clarity. (laughs) So they were doing Tuscan food in Milwaukee, um, you know, in the early 1990s, and, and it was nuts. I mean, there was a three-week waiting period to get into this restaurant. I was working in the basement as a prep cook, you know, but I really wanted to work my way up. I wanted to work pizzas. I wanted, I, it, there was such energy, Jane, that, you know, nowadays, as a client, you would feel that in my restaurant. So that, for us, it's about, you know, feeling the energy of the restaurant. And you know what it's like. You come in, it's busy. Oh, we do. That's why we come often. (laughs) Yeah, and that's where the bug got to me. And I was like, holy cow, this is something I really want to do. You know, and again, it was that that team feeling. You know, you you get your butt kicked, like, you know, all night long. and, And by the end of the night, you're like super tired, mentally drained. And then you feel a sense of accomplishment. And that's, oh, that was like the addiction. That was the addiction right there. That's interesting so. because um, I don't know if you knew, my father owned bars and nightclubs. So I, I get that energy feeling and that, that fulfilling feeling of getting it done and making sure everybody's happy and then, you know, closing yeah. up saying, oh, we did it. Let's do it all over again tomorrow. So Absolutely. Yeah, I, I understand <laughs> that. And also smelling the food and, and, and um the aroma and the energy of the people, all of that mixture makes yeah. success when you have a restaurant. Well, that's the experience. That's the experience. Yeah, it's the experience. You're absolutely right. Because people want an experience when they go out. They just don't want to right. go out and sit there. That's why some people go out and sit by themselves or, you know, you have your, your single diners that just want to be around that energy. So right. they find the restaurant that makes them feel that way and that's where they go. And that's, you know, for us, even in the design of the restaurants, before they're even born and hatched, there's always the, the first word that comes to mind when I, you know, explain my restaurants is convivial, a conviviality of uh, energy, you know. So you want to be the single diner that comes and sits at the bar, 
we typically don't turn on our televisions until somebody asks us to turn it on because oh, we want people God to sit that. and talk to one another. <laughs> we want yeah, people to talk God to one another, that. you know? Like, it's just like giving up. And you you're know? not a sports bar. Why don't they get that? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, Milwaukee. After Milwaukee, no. after Bertolato, where did you go? So, uh, Paul, Paul Bartolotta, my mentor, this is my culinary mentor. So he, again, was a two-time James Beard Award-winning chef in the United States. He, um, he had worked for Paul Bocuse in France. He had worked for the Trois Brothers in France. And he, he was uh, the chef of San Domenico uh, at the age of 24, the first one in New York City that Tony Oh, Mayo wow, had. okay. Yeah, yeah, so this goes way back. Um, this guy, again, uh, him and his brother Joe, they were, they were born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and they, they both had that restaurant bug. Paul was the chef, and Joe was the front-of-the-house guy. So uh, before Joe and Paul opened up their restaurants, Paul, uh, after Tony Mays' uh, San Domenico in New York, he had a restaurant. He got pulled away from San Domenico uh, by the Levy brothers, Mark and Larry Levy, in Chicago. And they had a, a restaurant called Spiaggia, 980 North Michigan, right across from the Drake Hotel. And yeah, yeah. That's right. So it's like one of the best Italian restaurants in America. It has been for 30 years. So Paul was a chef there, and that's, you know, after me working uh, at Bartolotta to start there, you know, Paul's like, why don't you come down to Chicago? Well, I, I was doing that, but I was still in high school. So on the weekends, I would take the, tra- the Amtrak from Milwaukee to Chicago and spend a, a couple of nights over down there with some friends that I had that were a couple of years older than me. They were already in college. So they were down Wait, in Chicago. Wait, you were still in high school? Yeah. At the time? Going to Chicago? Yeah. For Spiaggia? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I worked That's for free okay. for the week- on the weekends. So I would request off from from Ristorante, okay? And I graduated high school in 1994. So this was in the early 90s. This was like in well, 19, this is the height of everything, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I would tell, I would tell my chef, his, his name was Tom at the time, and I said, Tom, you know, Chef Tom, I got, I'm going to go down to Spiaggia and, and really work with Paul. And, you know, it's another level. You know, we were doing rustic food in Milwaukee, which, which I love, and it's timeless. But down in Spiaggia in Chicago, in a big city, they were doing a little bit more what they call Alta Cucina, which is like the, the elevated Italian at the time. But still, yeah, very simple. Yeah, very simple food. And so I would take that Amtrak. My, my father would drop me off and, uh, on, uh, on a Saturday morning, like at the, the 6 a.m. Uh, tra- uh, train, and then I would, I, would get, uh, I would get to Chicago in, you know, two hours and then work all day Saturday and then take the last train out on Sunday. And my dad would come and pick me up again at the Amtrak station. And then I'd go back, you know, go to school, and then at night I'd go back to work uh, in Milwaukee. And so after I graduated, I moved to Chicago. And then that's where I started doing some culinary school too because I met people that were, like, way better than me. I mean, we, were, we, were, we were getting smoked on the line, you know. I mean, we were serving wow. the likes of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and all these, that's you know, right. all these big, that's, that's all these big players, you know. So, I mean, it was so neat. But, again, here I am, a young cook, and it's being elevated to the point where I'm like, holy cow, like, I thought I knew what I was doing, but maybe not. 
you know, and I learned such an immense experience uh, working there, you know, for free in the beginning. And then obviously I got paid six bucks an hour to do it when I was employed there. I was working like 80, 90 hours a week. And obviously they were paying me time and a half after 40 hours, but when you're making six bucks an hour, what's time and a half? <laughs> Not <much. laughs> right. <laughs> My right. dishwashers are making like double that, you know? <laughs> you know, that's crazy. But, yeah. you know, I spent a lot of time uh, going back and forth, I, you know, with the Milwaukee, Chicago. I, I went to school um, in a culinary school called Kendall in Chicago at the time just to get foundation and just okay. to have, um, just to have uh, you know, that, that diploma. Um, and, and that was really about it, you know, and then, then I went back to Milwaukee and just really started working with Paul and Joe, you know, opening properties. I got the opportunity to work with some amazing chefs, uh, Valentino Mercatilli from uh, the original San Domenico and Imola, who's still the chef today. You know, some of these big celebrity chefs like Rick Bayless, um, you know, at the time in Chicago, Rick Bayless, uh, Arun San, San Pantavat, I think was his last name, uh, from Arun. I mean, just, it was so cool, all these people that I was around doing private events, you know, at, at, at uh, Wrigley Field at the time. Um, at, so uh, why not Park. stay in Chicago? Well, my father so got sick. Stay, yeah. Oh, okay. My father, my father had a heart transplant. He had heart disease. And so oh, I also... Um, when I was finishing up my culinary school, um, I had to do an internship. And so I decided to work for the Kohler Foundation, uh, the Kohler Company. So they have a five-diamond resort in uh, Kohler, Wisconsin. So they make the sinks and the toilets and all that. And it's super mega fine dining, super elevated. And so I was already in school in Chicago, and I thought to myself, okay, Instead of staying in Chicago, because I was living in Wisconsin, I was commuting back and forth, I said, I'm going to take this, this, uh, this uh, internship towards the end of my schooling in Kohler, because it was like an hour away. It was like, on a good day, I can get there in like 48 minutes. Um, uh, <laughs> you had it down to the second, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to make that trip every day. It was crazy. And so I, I, again, learned an immense amount uh, on, um, under Chef Reese Lewis. Um, he was doing, like, contemporary and very elevated American cuisine. So we were cooking, like, venison and bison and, you know, all the stuff that's from the Midwest, all these really cool, like, forage mushrooms and this, that, and the other. And then uh, after I graduated culinary school, my father got sick, and he was in the hospital for two months. And then from then, okay. then on in, I, I, I had to work in Milwaukee until he was on the mend. So he got a heart transplant, and then uh, after all was good, um, and while you know he was recovering from his transplant, I was working again at Bartolota. In the meanwhile, they had opened up two more restaurants, Lake Park Bistro on the east side that was overlooking Lake Michigan, and then uh, a place called Nonna's, which was like a pizzeria and pasta joint in, in a western suburb. Um, and so I was the sous chef there and, um, and that's kind of, you know, where it was all like, I was learning like the, the business side of things. It was super great. Um, okay. and as you know, as you know me now, I'm kind of following in the footsteps of Paul and Joe, cause they had an Italian restaurant and I opened up my Italian restaurant and then they opened up a French restaurant and I have a French restaurant. So I'm just you know, <laughs> I doing see, that yes. rustic food, you know, that rustic food. Um, is what I love doing. So, 
so what were some of your challenges? You know, I know you left Chicago. One was because of your dad. And then you went yeah. back to Milwaukee and had a great time there, opening up restaurants, learning the business. What were some of yeah. your challenges in the business while you were learning all that? You know, I know it's, it sounds all great, but I'm sure there had to be some type of challenges there. Well, you know, the restaurant business is just one big challenge. I and mean, I think what people uh, don't realize, and, you know, nowadays um, the restaurant business is completely different as well because obviously when I started there was no uh, food network. Um, you know, these cooking programs weren't on television. You know, you don't – you know, Gordon Ramsay was doing his thing and screaming at people in, in England right. Scotland. But, you know, and he was getting yelled at by Marco Pierre White. But right. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, it, it, it's just it, it, that wasn't around. So what people don't realize today, Jane, is that, you know, the restaurant business is a day-to-day operation. You're dealing with so many people. And in order to be successful, really, you have to pretty much give up your life and sell your soul to the restaurant industry. I mean, this is the only way to be successful. And so, uh, you know, I, I can I – can, keep you on the phone for hours telling you the trials and tribulations, the failures, the, you know, the travel, the, the crying. I mean, as a line cook I, uh, in Chicago, I used to live on a, on a small street right behind the John Hancock Tower called DeWitt. Okay. It was like three blocks away from Spiaggia and I couldn't afford a car, like to, to park the car. I had a car, but I couldn't afford to park it because my, my uh, studio apartment was $1,000 a month. This is in, like, 1995, and it was looking at a brick wall. And so I would get my butt kicked and get yelled at by the sous chef and get yelled at by my mentor, Paul. And then I would walk home and cry and look up at that, that you know, that uh, John Hancock Tower and be like, is this what I want to do in life? You know, because I was beating myself up. You know, they were upset at me because perhaps I wasn't performing. Or maybe they were yelling at me because they wanted to get the best out of me. You know what I mean? But it was a learning process. And so it's not like I just quit and I just said, you know what, I'm not coming back to work. The next day I showed up again and I couldn't get my station set up and I had to work two and a half hours for free because they, they wouldn't punch me in just to get my station set up so I could set myself up to succeed for the next day, you know, 14 hours. It was nuts. I mean, you know, driving to Kohler, driving to Chicago, even through culinary school, like going to bed at 7.30 p.m. so I can get to school by 4.30 in the morning. God forbid I was late. You know what I mean? Because the French chefs, the pastry chefs, when we were in culinary school, if you were late by one minute, you could go home. And all you had to do was miss two days and you were done. Like they would expel you from, from, the, uh, from the program because you were too far behind just by missing two days. So, you know, nowadays these kids, they go to culinary school, they come out, they want to, you know, they see that, you know, oh, you know, you've got the successful restaurant, oh, you're driving around in a nice car, you got a nice watch on, you got a bunch of friends, you know, there's money being made left and right. Little do they realize that I just put in 30 years before I got to this point. Sacrifice is beyond, it's with a big capital S, you know? Yes. It really is. You, You give up holidays, family, friends, you name it. it. You have to give it up. I mean, nowadays people are like, okay, well, you know, I can work and you know, I'll take my 
holidays off and this, that, and the other. Well, you could, you know, but if you want to be successful in my business, especially the way I'm running my restaurants because I'm the face of my restaurants, I'm that brand. We were just open for Thanksgiving. I was there. People were like, oh, you're opening for Thanksgiving. Are you working? I said, do I have to answer that question? Of course I am. (laughs) I give up my my kids' lives. Well, right. And I have three boys. You know that. My oldest is 12. My twins are 10. And I I missed pretty much the majority of their life. It's crazy. But this is what I'm doing to be successful not only for myself and not only for my family, but I want to leave a mark on the culinary scene in Naples, Florida. Because when I moved here 20 years ago, there was nothing down here that was like, oh, man, that was memorable. You know what I mean? Oh, Vincent, so let me tried. tell you. You're, you're not going to have a problem doing that. <laughs> you're not going to have a problem at all doing that. I mean, you're pretty much the most sought-after restaurant when people come to Naples. I hear it all the time, and I travel a great deal. And we oh, yeah, hear about, yes, we hear about Tulia's, we hear about the French. And not only that, we spread the word. It's no different than when we go to Venice and our friend has a restaurant there. We spread right, the right, word. Right. Surprise how many of our friends contact us and says we were just at, you know, the restaurant, Renato's restaurant. He was there. He took care of us. And I've right. known this man for 30 years, and ever since I've known him, <laughs> he's been there. He's the face of the restaurant. That's what happened. Right. And, you know, when you're there, people come to see you. Right. And you know what you're I also know right. about your restaurant? You don't have, like, a front person. You don't have, like, one particular front person when you go in. So you experience several people but it's consistent, right. and the service is consistent. You know, so right. you always feel like you're being taken care of no matter who's there at that front, at the helm of the front door. So Absolutely. I think that's and I have 230 employees. I have 230 employees, and I have, you know, eight managers right now through, through three restaurants, and uh, at Bartuli, Bartuli included. But, you know, what I continue to tell all of my employees when we do pre-shifts in front of the house or – uh, kitchen uh, kitchen meetings in the back of the house. I says, look, I am your safety net. I am the face of the brand. I am the brand. You work for me and my family. You are my family. And you have to take on people. You have to be a chameleon and take on people and treat them how I would treat them, meaning you're an extension of me. You are absolutely. It doesn't matter if you're you know, white, black, male, female. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's how, it's how you present yourself. And what's so important, especially to the people in the front of the house, it's like you need to get to know our guests. That's what makes us special. It's the way Absolutely. that we recognize, oh, there's Jane, there's Frank. Hey, you know, like, welcome. Here, Frank, here's your uh, sambuca. You know what I mean? Like, here's uh, this. Or, you know, we know your likes. We know your dislikes. We, you know, we, we want to recognize everybody that comes to the and that's what makes us special, that you're not a number. You're actually a guest. You're our guest. You're coming into our house. You're our friends. And it doesn't matter. You know, we deal with people down here that are travelers that, that don't live here full time, you know, and we, they know. Like we, we have seasonal people. We have travelers, like business travelers. We have our regulars that come in four, five, six times a week. So, you know, that's what makes us special is that they know the servers, they know the door staff, they know the wait assistants, you know, they know me, they know, it's crazy, but that's, that's part of the experience that we're trying to give to our guests. 
And not only that, you like you said, you're welcoming us into your home. So yeah, we're meeting yeah, your absolutely. family, which is right. the extension of you. Yeah, and even exactly. Though those, even though the people at the front um, doors of each restaurant aren't the same people, they're all still very familiar to me. I've seen them around, right. and I've seen them go right. from restaurant to restaurant. So that's nice. So you do definitely get a feel of this is my family and this is an extension of who I am, which is the brand. And, right. I think and when we open up new property, job. thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. And you know, we're 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 always looking to expand our brand and very carefully, obviously, because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lose that that personalized touch, and I don't I don't want to become any corporation. That's like the last thing that I want to do. And so, you know, even even if we do decide to expand in the near future, you know, there will be there are our players within our organization now that will go up to these new places and, 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 again, be that familiar face to these people that be like, oh, you were downtown and now you're up here. You know what I mean? So people feel so comfortable just walking in because once you feel comfortable walking in, I've got it. It's done. You know? I mean, we're still going right. to try, obviously, because we want to be the best that we can possibly be. But, you know what I mean, we've already given you that, that welcoming feeling, that warm, fuzzy, like, all right, this is my joint, you know? Exactly. That's why you're packed out all the time. So I want to ask you, what made you fall in love with Naples? You were in Chicago, you were in San Francisco, you were in Milwaukee. I know Milwaukee was family, and Chicago yeah. was exciting for you. In San Francisco, you really got your fill in your belly about what the restaurant business was like, and you wanted to be there. So when you yeah. came to Naples, because you just said there was nothing here, what made you fall in love with Naples and want to lay down your roots? So I came down here uh, with a girlfriend of mine uh, who, uh, the, who I had met up in Wisconsin. She was a server, and, um, and I was a cook. And so we were dating for quite some time. And so her mom and dad had a condo down here. And she kept saying, look, like, you know, maybe we should go down and hang out at my, uh, at my parents' condo in, you know, in South Florida, in Fort Myers and whatever. I said, look, my parents took my sister and I to Orlando to, like, Disney, and I hated it. Like, I don't know if I really want to come down <laughs> right. to, to Florida. I'd rather go somewhere else, you know, like San Francisco or New York and this and the other. She, so she convinced me to go. I get down here, and it, it's, like, hot and humid, which I'm okay with because I love the heat and the humidity. Uh, because Sicily is not like Milwaukee, okay? Sicily is just right. like Naples. Um, so it's hot, it's humid, you got all kinds of like, you know, bugs all over the place. But that's, that's, you know what I mean? That right there in itself, when I stepped out of the airport and you could smell like the humidity in the air, there was something yeah. a little like, like a familiar feeling. So we get in the car, we go to the condo, the condo's a little old, and I'm like, okay, this is, this is all right. The next day we get up and we start playing tennis. And then, you know, uh, this girl's dad says, hey, you know, tonight I think we're going to go downtown Naples and I'll show you around since this is your first time here. I says, okay. So we get in the car, you know, we, we shower up, and we're going to go have dinner. So the first restaurant they take me to is Campiello. And so uh, as soon as we turn on the Fifth Avenue from US 41, uh, right away I'm like, holy cow, I'm in a totally different world down here. Like, here I am right. like in Bonita. <laughs> Back then, nothing was in Bonita. Nothing was in Bonita Springs. Nothing. Zero. A couple of golf courses and, and Bonita Bay. And so 
I'm like, holy cow, I'm seeing like Ferraris and Bentleys and Rolls Royce. And I felt like this is like Rodeo Drive. So we go down, yeah, we go down fifth, we turn on the third, and we eat at Campiello. And I'm thinking, wow, this is really neat. You know, like I really love the outside. I love the tree lit up and, you know, this bar. And then I sat and I ate, and I'm like, I kept telling my girlfriend, I'm like, you know, the food here is just, it's, it's okay. It's good. But I think I can make it better. You know what I mean? Not thinking that I wanted to, you know, take over or anything. I, it, I was just thinking, like, out loud. So we get back to Milwaukee, and she, she dumps me. So we were, we, were, okay. we were engaged, and she dumps me. So I, I, I remember this like it was yesterday. I says, you know what? I says, you're never going to see me again. I am gonna, I'm going to go as far as I possibly can away from you. Because <laughs> we dated for a long <laughs> you time, go to almost eight years. Yeah, so I went right. to Naples. I just took my car and drove straight south to Naples. Because there was some, something that was drawing me to this town. Like I felt comfortable. So my parents dropped me off. <clears throat> they drove down with me, and they left after two days. And, the, you know, my mom and dad, they're, they're crying, you know, typical Italian family. I dropped them off at the airport, and I said, all right, I'll see you guys later. And, they, you know, obviously they're thinking, oh, my God, I just left my son. He's, you know, 1,500 miles away. Who's going to watch over him? And when I left that airport, I felt super comfortable, like this was my home. And so I wow. fell in love with just, it was such a, a familiar feeling, you know what I mean? Like I just felt like, I don't know, like this was my home. So then I started working at Campiello. I got the sous chef position there. And, uh, and all of a sudden, all these people that I was feeding at my restaurant in Milwaukee were my winter clients down here. And I didn't realize Amazing. that. And so there's this, this big Midwest you know, like feeling down here. They're, the people are like, oh, my God, Vincenzo, like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I work here, like, you know. And so they were like, that's how I started building my customer base, you know what I mean? So uh, even though Campiello, they had a, an executive chef and I was just a sous chef, I mean, they, they're from Minneapolis. I'm from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you know. And, and so the Midwest tie, we were comfortable as employer and employee, but I knew so many guests that I was feeding over the summertime up there. And so that's how it all started. And I was just like, God, this is so awesome. I love it down here. I get no snow. I get sun all the time because I need sun. Otherwise, I get depressed. And, and I love working. You know, I love going to the beach. And I, I, just, I, I just feel comfortable here. And that's how it all started. And Campiello's is a very beautiful open-air restaurant. I mean, that's oh, like... Yeah the center of Naples to everyone. <laughs> and plus, uh, Milwaukee, you know, the whole Midwest is a huge feeder market here, along with yeah. Germans, Canadians. Um, it's, yeah, I would say the Germans, Canadians, and um, the English. We have a huge community that comes yeah. here every year. And Absolutely. I always say to people, this is the closest America is going to get to Central Pay. And guess what? This is the Beverly Hills of the East Coast. Naples, right <laughs> here. Is. And if you don't know it, you have to come and check it out because I've gone everywhere. I've been to Palm Beach, and I'm not talking West Palm Beach. I'm talking across the bridge. I've been to Palm right. Beach. I've been to Rodale Drive, you know, Beverly Hills many, many, many times. I mean, Paris, Tokyo, you name it. Definitely yep. this yep. is the Beverly Hills of the East right here There's in There's something Florida. special about it. You know, like I've been Absolutely. to Rodale Drive. I love Los Angeles. 
but like if you if you think about walking up and down Rodeo Drive or walking up and down Fifth Avenue or Third Street, um, there's just there's something different about Naples. You know what I mean? It, it's Rodeo. And the best way for me to explain it, and, and I don't mean to be disrespectful in the sense to people from California, but it almost seems like Rodeo. There's there's not like a soul. You know, like if you compare right. Los Angeles and New York. Like New York is so soulful. It's it, mm-hmm. you know there's something about it. Like you can feel that the city is alive, and Los Angeles is alive too. But it's it's different. It's a different feeling. You know what I mean? Like I mean, just it, it, I don't know. You got to feel it, and that's what I feel in Naples. Like it's it's a small community. It feels like you know like everybody knows one another, and you know there's just something special about it. Yeah, and with New York, you know, being in Manhattan and Manhattan being the center of the universe, pretty much, right. it's still yeah. small and everyone knows everyone. Right. Even right. though they're and, in and, the different boroughs, they all gather right. right there in that one center. And pretty yep. much that's what Naples is like. Naples is, you know, it has its niche and people love it. They come here every year. I mean, people cater to the city. This city is growing like wildfires. You know, and if, if you're yeah. here and you don't see it happening, something's wrong with you. Because I've been here <laughs> 12 years, and yeah. I, I've seen it happen. You know, and that brings me to, to my next question. I met you like 10 years ago at Campiello's mm-hmm. and watched you grow right. from there. I mean, you have moved like a freight train through the city. And when you left and you opened up Tulia's, it was like, wow, okay, this is great. We got this young guy, and he's moving here. And then the French, okay, no, then Bartulias, then the French. Yeah, that Bartulias. We like, I was gonna say, don't wow. forget, don't forget that little yeah. Eddie sister. <laughs> oh no, yeah. because I, you know, you know, I'm a realtor here, and right. I talk to a lot of realtors. Where are you guys going for dinner? Oh, we're going to Tulias. Oh, meet me at Bartulias. Okay, no, we're going to French for lunch. I'm like, okay. Yeah, right. Because my office was on Fifth Avenue for quite some time when I was with um, Sotheby's and and, uh, Caldwell Banker. So we would go to the French for lunch like it was no big deal, you know. Yeah. And the food was right there. there. Yeah, we're right across the street. So, you know, I have watched you grow and you have grown immensely. But, you know, listening to you talk about your background and where you came from and, you know, the hard work. And I always say to people, you know, we always see – you know, the beautiful vision from the top, but they never show the climb. And you got to see right. the climb to really respect and understand what it means to be at the top of your game. Because no, then you might, right. have, you might have second thoughts about that because it is hard work no matter which capacity you're working in or no matter which field you're working in as an entrepreneur. But to take on entrepreneurship takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And the reward yeah. is so great at the end. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, there's a big risk. I mean, my, again, my father and my mother, they've been huge to help me, uh, you know, grow down here as well, even though they're far away, you know, like, um, like, uh, they, they would come and, uh, and watch my kids and, and all that. And, you know, I would be working nonstop and my mom and dad would be like, gosh, we don't see you anymore. So, um, hold on one second. It's not working. Yeah. So I, I have to. I had to answer a water heater question. No. Okay. Uh, the life of the restaurant business. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. No. Um, 
you know, they would come down here and, 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 and help me, and they would be like, my gosh, we've been here for like five months, and we don't see you. And this was when I was working for somebody else. And then when I told my mom and dad, I remember this, like, it was like yesterday again. It was just, it says, you know what, mom, mom, and I opened up my own place. My father got so upset at me. He talked to me for two weeks. And he was just like, wow. I don't understand your mentality. You know, you have a good job. You got good pay. You have insurance. You have a nice house. You know, mind you, I was just living in a cookie cutter, uh, you know, like a community house. But, you know, nicer than an old Midwest house that was built in, you know, 1910. And, and, right. and he goes, you have three kids, you have a wife, you have a mortgage, you have car payments, and now you're going to take this risk? And I told him, I says, Pa, if I don't take this risk, I don't think I can live on myself. I pass or fail, it doesn't matter. i got to exactly. try. Because if I don't try, then I don't know. And, uh, right. you, know, I, I, the, you know, for me, Jane, failure was, is not an option. It wasn't an no, option ever. years ago. But it's just not an option today. Even though I have three successful restaurants and all these employees and you know people that I support and, and I absolutely love, it, it, it's 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 hard. It's hard. It's it, you, you. There's no option to fail. You cannot. You have to grind it out. And that's what I do every day. Every day I grind. Every day. You know what? That's great advice. I'm glad you said that. You have to grind it out. There's no room for failure. You know, and the ones that do fail, they usually get themselves back up and brush themselves off and keep moving because that's what you have to do. Absolutely. And you have to know that chances are that, you know, you're going to have to fail somewhere along the line in order to learn to make you grow even stronger. And, yes, you have to just stand back up, dust yourself off, and get back on the horse. You know, and, and I think about that every day. I count my blessings. I'm very grateful for you know, the people that believe in me, like yourself, and, and all these people, my regulars, and they, they come to my events, and, you know, they've been supporting me from day one, whether I was working for somebody else or working for myself, you know, I, I can't do it with people. Um, and, and, and it's just hard work. It's not like you just come out of culinary school and all of a sudden you're making a six-figure salary and driving around in a, you know, in a Bentley. It's not how it works. Exactly. You know, That's I mean, television is television, <laughs> but it's not how it works. Yes. Yeah. So, so how has your life changed since leaving Campiello's? When you made that decision, because you came, as, you know, you definitely came to a crossroads in your yeah. life, and you were like, something's really aching at my belly, and I have to make this move, Dad. So no matter what, yeah. if I don't, I'm going to regret it. So yeah. now since you decided, I'm here at this crossroads, I'm out. How has your life changed? Well, it's changed immensely. I and mean, I've grown, I've matured, you know, I've, uh, I, even to this day, I'm 44 years old. I've been working in the restaurant business for 30 years. I started when I was 14. And even up to yesterday in, in brunch, you know, I own three restaurants. I'm at the top of the food chain in my organization, yet I'm cooking omelets for the people at brunch. And so I, I have to stay humble. I have to. I get more humble actually as I get older and and continue to grow the business um, because it's just like holy cow, you know this 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 is great right now. I don't want to change anything. I want to continue to do what I'm doing, you know. But there's just it's, there's such a responsibility when you have your own business, and that's yeah. where 
you know what I mean? This is where the growth pattern really comes around is because you're responsible for people making money. You know, I feel like a proud papa when my employees are getting married or they're, you know, they're buying a car or they're buying a house. And, and it's like, well, why, why are they doing that? Well, they're doing it because they're growing, obviously, but they're growing because they're working for us and they're financially now stable or can afford to buy these things. You know what I mean? And that's like a dream for people. And Absolutely. so it's just, it's just, it's, it's just nuts, you know, but you know, that you grow in so many different ways that it's just, you know, and in the time that I've, that I've had my restaurants, I've had my three kids, you know what I mean? So I, I'm, I'm being a father, you know, a father figure at home yet I'm being a father figure and a leader here with my adult kids, you know? So it's, 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 um, it's a learning experience every day. You know, you make mistakes and, and then you learn from them and you move on and, you know, but the growth has been, it's been crazy, you know, because. Oh, it's, it's been tremendous. I, I, yeah. I congratulate you. I, like I said, I came here 12 years ago. I remember being introduced to you um, yeah. and saying, wow, this is cool. And then next thing I know you left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you opened well, up Bar Tulia. You opened up uh, Tulia's. And oh, Saria, yeah, and I wanted to elevate yeah. it, you know, and I had come from, you know, Bartolotto was a 50-seat restaurant, so we only had 20 tables, and then overnight I went to Camviello because I took a chance, you know, and, I, and again, failure wasn't an option, and there were some really hard times where I could barely afford my mortgage. I bought a little condo in Estero, and I had these golf fees that I had to pay and all that stuff. And because, um, you know, I couldn't afford anything down here in Naples at the time either. And it's just like, okay, you know, I was driving back and forth and I'm trying to like manage my money and I'm working and I'm, not, I'm getting paid a really small salary, but that's okay, you know, because I was enjoying what I was doing. And, and, you know, when I left, you know, I had grown within their company um, because of the hard work and just, you know, putting my head down and grinding it out. But I really wanted to change when I opened up my place uh, Osteria, I just wanted to elevate it. It was more, not necessarily for me, because I feel I'm kind of selfless and not selfish. You know, so I was elevating for the town as well. I wanted Naples to get attention. So I see Naples like a Charleston. When, when we talk about food and the culinary uh, kind of scene here in Naples, I, I kind of see Naples like a Charleston and like eight years ago. Like Charleston all of a sudden has this huge like culinary scene it gets a lot of attention it's always written yes. up in these magazines you know it's it's quaint and there's such similarity between a charleston or a savannah or you know what i mean to naples there's there's a similarity but their attention is always on the culinary scene whereas our attention here is about vacationing and beaches and so what's missing is the dining scene and so when I opened up Tulia, it was the point of elevating the dining scene. I was the first chef to, you know, to, to cook at the James Beard house in New York. You know what I mean? Now all these chefs are doing it. You know what I mean? All my, all my fellow peers are, are going up to the beer yeah, I know. house, but I was the first. I read that. I was the I first. I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, because that was something that I had to cross off of my, my professional bucket list but then again, I knew that Naples was going to get that attention too. You know, that, so when people say, I'm going to go to Naples for vacation, not only are they going to think about beautiful weather and the beaches, and, but they're going to think about, oh, 
we're going to eat at these great restaurants too, you know? Yeah, so that's you just all of the best circle. here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You have two of the best here. I mean, when you opened up the French and I went there, I'll never forget, I had an article written in Gulf Shore Life about me in the real estate business. And the yeah. magazine came to the door of my home and I saw this chicken on the front cover. And all I could think of is, Frank, find out where this chicken is being served. Look at this. <laughs> and he said, that's being served at, at Vinny's, Vinny's new restaurant in French. <laughs> And I was like, yeah. okay, you have to make reservations. I need to go and eat this chicken. And it was so funny because I went around the office saying to people, did you see this? And they were like, and then I sent people over there over and over again because people would come to visit me and they would go, you know, we saw this magazine cover or they, I read your article and it was in this magazine with the chicken on the front of it. And I was like, yeah, that's our French restaurant. It's right down the street from you. you got to go there. That's- that's so the first that time I made amazing. a cover, and it, and it wasn't my face either. It was my chicken. <laughs> oh, yeah. best. that was the best picture. I mean, it looked so good. It was so it made you want to go and have it, and yeah. I did, and it was delicious. And Thank then, you, you know, you so of course, much. we became patrons of the French. <laughs> of course we did. So now oh, yeah. all we need you to do is open up a jazz bar here. There us. you go. There you go. Well, you never know what the future holds. <laughs> well, we're thinking. I said to Frank the other day, I said, you know, we just need Vinny. Vinny would be the perfect person to open it up. <laughs> so well, if you think about fantastic. it, you know, the growth of Naples has really, you know, when you think about these major cities, whether it's, you know, Tokyo or you think about New York City or Chicago or San Francisco, L.A., you know, you think about um, the arts. You think about the culture that the city offers, you know, art museums, jazz bars, restaurants, yeah. you know, parks and things of that nature, and, and in the time that I've been here, the 20 years I've been in Naples, I've really seen the growth of the town, and it's slowly starting to come around, you know, with, with artists um, up there in North Naples and bringing in these, art, you know, these, these musical acts like, uh, you know, Harry Connick and Michael Bolton, and obviously they eat my restaurants, but it's just so cool, and now, you know, the, we have the film festival, we have the wine festival, um, the second largest in the country, you know, that, that's, there's something to be said about that. And we're such a small community. And again, that's what makes us special. And we're only 16 miles long, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, also our real estate, you know, again, I have to come back to that. Our real estate is some of the most expensive real estate in the country. I mean, yeah, at any absolutely. given time, we can have a house on the market for over $50 million. I mean, $88 yeah, million. You know, oh, my God. Well, if you need a and helper, I'll small help you. cluster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. And that's another question I had to ask you. Um, yeah. What was it, you know, because I'm in the real estate business and because that's a part of my life here, what I know it takes a lot to really understand location yeah. building itself. How did you figure out that? Because a lot of restaurants open up on Fifth Avenue and they close. But you have, I don't know, what's your secret sauce? To success. Well, you're right about location. I mean, it, 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 restaurants kind of thrive on location, location, location. You know, same thing with um, with the housing market. Obviously, I mean, we all know that if you live on the west side of 41, or you know, everything is considerably more money because you have the Gulf right in your backyard. Um, right. But when you think about like Fifth Avenue or Third Street, you know, these pockets of just you know beautiful landscape and 
and, and all that. It, it's just, you know, what I learned when I first came down to Campiello is that a lot of people in Naples, they don't necessarily like to drive far to go out to eat. They want things. Again, this kind of ties back to that neighborhood, that, that, that small town quaint feeling that they don't want to go very far. So if you're in New York and you're just like, oh, we're going to go, you know, we're going to go eat in, uh, in Brooklyn or, you know, and you've got to get on a subway, you're going to take an Uber, you've got to drive and it's going to take you an hour to go, it's no big deal. But here, nobody's going to drive an hour to go eat. It's just not going to happen. So now as, as the city continues to grow, you know, we're starting to see that, you know, the restaurants downtown, we're feeding the people that live in the immediate area. You know what I mean? And so a lot of these people that live in North Naples, you know, God forbid, thank God we have Uber because, you know, God forbid you go out to eat and enjoy yourself, you know, with your wife, your husband, a girlfriend or whatever, and you have uh, an extra glass of wine. Next thing you know, you know, you're on the, you're on the front page of uh, Naples Daily News. You know, for being oh, yeah, that's right. Wine. You know, come on vacation, leave on probation. Is that what they say? No. I, but it's, you know, it's just, um, it's just, you know, it makes, it makes our life difficult. But that's what pushes us to be on the top of our game, too. Because we want people to be like, yeah, there's restaurants all over us, but there's not one like this in our area. So let's go down to Fifth and eat at the French. Or let's go down and have a cocktail at Bartulia or have a pizza at Osteria. You know, that's, that's what separates us. We, we drew a line in the sand seven years ago, and we will continue to draw more lines um, as we continue to grow the, the organization. That's fantastic because, you know, yeah. like you said, people like to have their neighborhood restaurants yeah. and bars to go to. And that's how I always used to tell my husband, you know, being a city girl, you know, coming from Philadelphia and New York, I always right. lived where I could walk to my favorite bars and restaurants. And these were exactly. other people's, you know, this was a great, you know, place to go. That was, it was exciting for them to come in town. But it's even more right. exciting when you can walk there and they know your name. It's kind of like cheers. Well, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that's what I say. So, I say the same things to my, to my staff, you know, like we're cheers. You, you, everybody is like a guest from cheers, you know what I mean? You come into the bar, mm-hmm. you know everybody, you know what I mean? Everybody knows your name, and, and that's, that's what it is. Except, you know, like these people from North Naples or Estero or these neighboring communities, Marco, you know, they, they, they don't want to drive over here. They don't want to get a ride to come down. And so, you know, we have to remain on, on, on the top of our game in order to make it happen and just make it special for them. They're like, yeah, we can go here, but let's go to Tulia because they, they know us. They know the bartender. And, you know, they call us by name and they know what we drink and we're just so comfortable. You know what I mean? That's what separates us from everybody else. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the looks of the restaurants, because we think about the guest experience, obviously Osteria and Bartulia being very farmhouse, rustic, and then, you know, the French having that, like, that old world brasserie bistro look with the, you know, yes. the tile floor and the zinc bar and the red banquettes. I mean, it's an experience. So, yes, I could have opened a great restaurant in a strip mall nope. and, you know, had wooden tables or whatever, and that's it. But, yeah. you know, I, I went ahead and put myself into a big hole of debt, you know, with my business partners because we, it's about the experience. It's about the guest. You know, I want to transport them. You know, and, then and don't forget about the great music you have. <laughs> I hear Frank, that's Frank right. to me, you hear the music? I'm like, are you kidding me? You don't? 
<laughs> He's like, no, I'm you know, too we, busy talking to my guests. I'm like, no, I can hear music. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, you know, music is such a huge part of uh, of of our culture um, within the organization. And my business partner was the, uh, the the president of Columbia Records. So there there is a music tie, and and you know, ultimately people relate with music. So if you walk into an uh, you walk into a joint and you and you your head's nodding and people are talking kind of above the music, but they can feel it, then you know you've done your job. So it's funny because we get a bunch of people that are like, beautiful French restaurant, wonderful food, music is a little strange and doesn't fit the, the, the vibe. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm a product of the early 80s. So and right. music is piped <laughs> into the kitchen because I, I need to be on my game. So if my head is bobbing, that means your head should be bobbing too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll play, I'll play whatever. You know, I, I, I love all kinds of music, from jazz to, you know, to '90s alternative to, you know, to pop to whatever. You name it, I listen to it. Rap. I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna play rap at the French, but, you know, of at Austria, we're we're throwing down, you know, most deaf. And at the bar, it's it's uh, it's even, you know, then it turns into Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. You know, I and mean, it's just but nice. But it's cool. It's yeah. very cool. Well, you, I hear it. Right. You see, you see your demographic. You see who's in there. I mean, at the bar, you know, it's all 30-somethings that are drinking. They have no kids. You know, they're having a good time. So if you, if you start playing a Snoop Dogg tune, next thing you know, it takes them back to middle school. And they're like, oh, my exactly. gosh. And it just makes sense. And they're happy. Makes them drink more. You know what I mean? Makes them eat more. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, it's all a part of the scheme, you know? It's great. It's really great. I, I love yeah. it because, like I said, well, I used to be in the music industry on the representative side. I was the entertainment manager. So when yeah. I, the first thing, I, when I walk in and I say, do you hear the music? I said, this is great music, especially <laughs> in Tulia's. I mean, when I come in yeah. there and I sit down, the music is going, the people are moving around, you can hear the dishes being moved around, the food is coming past you, you're watching to see what you what you might want to eat, you might change your mind after you ordered. I mean, it's great. The energy is amazing in there. I'll tell That's anybody, true. if you come to Naples, you have to go to Tilia's for dinner. Because <laughs> Thank you. That's energy for you. And especially oh, for yeah. me, you know, like I said, I'm a city person, so I love That's it. That's right. I love going Plus you're there. super hip. You are super hip. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So I wanted to ask you just two more questions because I know you're busy yeah. and I want to let you go. With everything no that you have achieved up until now, what's next for Vinny? Vincenzo. Well, you know, we, I always, uh, you know, I, uh, it, 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 this is, might sound really weird, but, you know, people always say family first. But in, in my head, it's business first. And, and, and I'm lucky that I have a supportive wife and three kids that really understand that because, you know, I really want to build my business. I, wanna, I don't know if I'm leaving, leaving a legacy for my, for my kids because I don't know if I really wouldn't want them to do what I do. If they could do something else and have a real life, I mean, I'm not going to stop them if, they, if they're going to take this path, but it's, it's hard. Um, and I'm, I was willing to take those sacrifices and, you know, trying to be successful in this business. But, um, you know, I'd love to continue to grow my business. I'd love to um, put my brand um, and maybe like the Bartulia brand just because it's, it's almost a catch-all. And what I mean by that, it's not a specific 
Italian restaurant or a French restaurant. Bartulia is like a mix of everything. You know, so you can get a pizza or you can get a pasta or you, and you can get a bucket of fried chicken. You know what I mean? All in <laughs> right? one spot. And, and get really good craft cocktails. I love it. <laughs> right. So if I can continue to kind of grow, you know, the brand um, and get into like some smaller cities like Savannah or, you know, the outskirts of Nashville or outside of Atlanta, you know what I mean? And get into these smaller communities, um, you know, that's kind of like what's on the docket for, for my growth pattern. I, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know, you know what I mean? Right now I'm just focusing on the business and, you know, we're about to go into season. So, you know, I can only take my life day by day, but that's what's on the professional side. On the personal side, you know, this year my, my, uh, my twins are in the competitive um, soccer and they travel. And so my wife is like, you know, you're going to leave me, to do all this and, you know, you work all the time, this, that, and the other. And I says, you know what? I've been grinding for 30 years. So maybe this is my time now that I'm forced to go watch their games and go to their practices. And their season's almost over, Jane, and I've gone to every game and every practice. So, you know, if I can take a little bit of time away from what I'm doing and kind of get my mind out of work mode and get into, like, you know, personal mode, it might be just better for my sanity too. So, you know, life's good right now. That's wonderful. I'm trying to find balance, you know. I'm trying to find balance between professional life and personal life. I don't know if that word exists sometimes. (laughs) I'm always (laughs) chewed out because I work so much and so hard and I have my hands in so many different things. But that's what makes me. So right. I don't know any other way to be. And my family, my parents, they were entrepreneurs, and I watched them work. But I also watched our life change, our lifestyle change. Right. My mom was a registered nurse. When my father right. retired her and made her an entrepreneur, she was a happier person, even though she worked harder than ever. But our whole right. life changed. She was able to contribute mm-hmm. to the pot. You know, we, we had better clothes. We had better cars. We had a nicer home. And college was an option. So right. in my head... Right. All I could think of is, that's what I have to do. I have to work that hard. So when I finish one thing, I start something else, and I I just don't know how to stop. And, you know, I have to figure that out, too. (laughs) (laughs) I have to figure that out, too, though. But, you know, that's beautiful in that sense. Right. I have one last question for you. Yeah. And you wrapped that one up really well for me, and I'm so happy that you were able, you're able to, or you have been able to, you know, meet that goal by going to all your kids' soccer games. Because who knows, yeah, you might have birthed the soccer, you might have birthed a, you know, real, real soccer player. <laughs> I hope so. And he'll be able to retire you all. Yeah, right. That's what I keep telling my kids. I said, let's, you know, get, get, get on a soccer team in England or Italy and Spain, and then you can retire us all, you know. I'll just take a absolutely. little apartment in Milan, and we're good to go. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah, because those my God, those paychecks, I don't even, I can't even imagine. Yeah, too so, many zeros for me to count. Oh, definitely too many zeros. I would like to have some. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> so with all that being said and done, if there was one question, Vinny, you would have people ask themselves on a daily basis trying to break through to success, what would that question be? Oh, why you got to leave the hard question for last? 
It's actually you've answered it in a nutshell, but I'm just I have to reiterate. <laughs> so what's the key to success, I guess, you know, like What's I mean, the question? If I said to you, Vinny, what should I be talking to myself or saying to myself on a daily basis to yeah. reach success? What would you right. what would you advise me to do? What is that question you should I should ask myself? You've done it all. Are you happy? I think that's what it really boils down to. Because I think a lot of people nowadays, you know, they think they know what they want to do. Or, again, I'm just going to dump this onto television and social media. You know, all of these kids now, they've seen, you know, these pictures on Instagram of, you know, girls traveling in their bikinis on, you know, the, the Grecian Islands or Ibiza. And, you know, that's not necessarily reality. When it comes to success and, and kind of working to, to get from point A to point B or point A to point Z, you know, I think what it boils down to is you've got to keep asking yourself, are you happy? Because if you're happy with what you're doing and you're super content, then it just never gets old. I mean, in my business, the restaurant business is a big, ugly beast that just chews people up and spits them out. You know what I mean? It hurts them. It drives them to drink and do drugs and the pressures. And, you know, you've got Michelin star chefs that are shooting themselves. And, you know what I mean? It, it, it's crazy. And it just boils down to happiness. Are you happy? Because if, if you're not, then maybe this isn't the business for you. But if you are, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be a chef. You could be a realtor. You could be a sport player. If you're passionate and happy about doing what you're doing, then you're going to be fine. And that's what it just boils down to. That's the question you've got to keep asking yourself. Are you happy? Am I happy? And that's it. This is true. This is true. I am so glad I had you on this show today. <laughs> Thank Vinny. you. I've learned so much about you that I didn't know. <laughs> which is yeah, I mean, that's what this is all about, letting people yeah, know right. who they are dealing with, living, living amongst, and also, who's been successful? Because it takes a lot to be successful, and people need to hear this, especially the young kids. Like you said, you know, they see, see everything on Instagram. They think it's instant when it's not. It's a lot of hard work. Some are lucky, and some do break through. However, the ones that have oh, to grind it out, it's a, it's a lot of work. And even the ones that yeah. get lucky, you still have to it's stay on top of it. So, I mean, luck you know. is, also plays a part, and it really does. I mean, luck does play a part. And you just don't know, you know, I mean, I got lucky to meet my business partners. You know, I didn't know when I, when I met my, my, my primary business partner, uh, I didn't know who he was. I was just introduced to him and I was told by my boss when he's in here, just take care of him. That was it. There was no direction. This, it wasn't like, this is so-and-so and this person right. is going to do this. Or that. It, it was just like I was given a directive and I just acted upon the the, the direction, you know what I mean? I, I was told to take care of this person when he came in. And, be, you know, taking care of somebody turned into a friendship, then turned into a business, you know, deal. And, you know, now we're so close, my business partner and I, I'm, we're both Libras. Our birthdays are like two days apart from one another. We think the same. And he's 30 years older than me. It's crazy, you know? And, and, and it's just, it's like we're the same person. We have the same energy, and you just don't know in life who you're going to meet, especially here in Naples. 
Um, but it's especially just, it's in crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, I meet so many people. It's crazy. It's crazy. You and know, that's funny. I, I'm a I'm a Libra too, so I get your energy, and that's probably why you said I'm ADD because you're ADD also. <laughs> oh, Libras absolutely. Are now that they way. Call, what do they call that? And now they call it a, a H a, a D H D or something like that, or you know, oh, um, it has evolved. Attention deficit <laughs> ADHD. I I knew it as ADD, so <laughs> you know. But um, you know, in the end, it's just you know, it's just I've been very very grateful. Um, you know, I've had a, I, ha- I have an immense life just, you know, just from the upbringing, being able to live two different cultures and see two different cultures. I speak many languages and it's just super cool, you know, and, and just to, just to stay humble and work and, you know, be friendly and just know people and it's just, you just never know, you know, and Naples has been good to me. Naples has been good to me. So I got to be good back. You know? No, you're being good back. We love it. You're feeding us. <laughs> we love that. And you know how thank if you fill you. our belly, if you fill our bellies, you fill our hearts. So, yeah, and that's thank definitely you. the Italian way, right? <laughs> that's right. A way to a woman's heart is through her stomach, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Or make her laugh a lot. Yeah, that's, also, right. You, that's right. You shared a lot. I didn't even know you spoke several languages. Of course, I knew you spoke Italian, but not several yeah, languages, yeah. languages. Oh yeah. Which is great. <laughs> it's been really nice getting to know you and talk to you. And um, thank you. I'm, I'm, like I My said, pleasure. thank you for coming on from execution to excellence because you definitely have executed your way to success, and it's a beautiful thank thing you. to see that and listen we to you trying. share with us. Yeah, and share with us all. You know, your trials and tribulations, your challenges, and the little bit of luck, you said, without, a, right. you know, a direction or knowing who this person was. He came into <laughs> your life, and he watched you and said, you know what? My God, this kid has something. So that's the lucky part, because you never yep. know who's going to put you on. Right. Well, you know, and, 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 what and what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, the restaurant business is like show business. And, you know, my business partner, he, was, he signed many big artists, you know, so I, the likes of Adele and Beyonce and, you know, so he's in a sense a talent scout, but just on a different platform. That's all. And Amazing. You know, he was getting out of, he was getting out of the music industry and, and he just saw that and he's like, I'm going to take a chance because this, I see something in this kid that, you know, this drive, this passion, this grit, it's like heart and soul, you know, and a lot of people don't have that. It's fake, but mine isn't mine is I'm throwing down. You know, if, if I have okay, guess what? <laughs> I'm throwing down. So, you know, oh, but no, fantastic. it's been good. It's been good. Fantastic. I'll tell you, we, we wish you all the luck. Can't wait to Thank see you. what you do next. Please think Thank about you. the Thank jazz you. club because we definitely need I one will. here in April. <laughs> we I got need you. I got you. April. Okay. <laughs> and I'm all right, sure jazz club. I'm writing it in my book right now. <laughs> yes. And I know I will see you soon. We, I know we have reservations. We, we're always there. French, Tulia's, Bar Tulia's, I'll be there on my oh, own yeah. hanging out, having oh, fun. Oh, I know. I know. Girl. I appreciate all the support. I really do. Because without you guys, I couldn't, so I couldn't do it. Yeah. No, it's oh, my pleasure, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll talk to you <laughs> soon. All righty. Sounds good. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Vincenzo Batulia. And if you're ever in Naples, please do not hesitate to stop at one of his restaurants and enjoy the experience of high energy, 
great food, and great people, and the service is second to none. You have a choice of three, the French, Osteria Tulia, or Bar Tulia, which is young, hip, and cool, and you will love the food. The food is wonderful. Thank you for joining us at From Execution to Excellence. We're wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Please do not forget to subscribe and write us a review on iTunes. You can also find Vincenzo Batulia at on Instagram at Bartulia, at Osteria Tulia, and at The French. Once again, thank you for joining us.